Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the ball versus Brendan Eight. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Here we are, round nine, Supercoach 365 podcast. Ryan Selvage and Tommy Hudson back with you to talk, well, big team this Tuesday. Probably the biggest one since round one, in fact. And uh, Tommy, the headline man, Tommy Turbo himself, is back. Probably the biggest news, but not the only big news today. Yeah, good day, mate. Uh, big news today, as we we thought with Tommy Turbo returning, he's probably still hard to get in your side, but he's he's big for the game and big for rugby league in general. Really, uh, it's getting to that that tricky part of the year. I think the hardest part is Supercoach, just approaching the first buy on Origin. It's all systems go trying to plan for that. Absolutely, of course. Some of that other news we talk about. Uh, one of the other big names from season twenty twenty one. Brian To'o is back for the Penrith Panthers, but not in his familiar number two or number five. He's uh, in the extended reserves. This Panthers number 24. It's seen some names this year. Nathan Cleary, James Fisher-Harris, and now uh, the Origin winger. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, isn't it, for, for super coaches? I'm sure uh, Ivan Cleary knows what's happening already and he's keeping everyone guessing, but it's tough to plan your team when you've got someone of the caliber of Brian To'o sitting on your bench on, on the extended reserve. So... Look, I don't know. Why would you name him if you're not going to play him? I guess we'll find it on Thursday or Friday, won't we? Yeah, we will. And it's frustrating again. We'll talk about that in our trading places and plenty of questions about what to do with Taylor May this week on the back of that news. Uh, we'll get to that very, very soon. Of course, before we do, I'm going to chat uh, some Round 8 results. And one of those surprise results of last week, again, it seems like we say this every week, but the Roosters underperforming again, a shock loss this time to the Bulldogs. We said this time last week that they're struggling. They're struggling again. Where are they at? Can we take them seriously? Are they a chance of missing the top eight entirely? Well, honestly, the last three weeks, I've just thought every week they're going to click, they're going to click, they're going to click, and then they can't even beat the Dogs last week. Really disappointing performance. I will say the Dogs really dug in in the second half to try and try and get that win, but still, you know, it's not the ruses we know yep. and that we've seen for the past few years. So... Look, it's another chance this week going home to the Gold Coast. I think it's in Mackay, but 
I don't know. I think my patience has run out trying to uh, to bet on them with the line and things like that. Frustrating watch. That, that word frustrating was said a couple of times about the Roosters. And particularly James Tedesco, I guess he was a shining light, particularly for you. I know you've traded him out, traded him back in a couple of times this season. You've stuck with him and reaping some rewards, I guess, last week. So that's a positive. Yeah, he's been their best player the last couple of weeks. He's, I think he ran for nearly 300 metres uh, on Saturday against the Dogs. So he's playing really well and, uh, yeah, justifying me getting him back in, I guess. Now, before we recap our personal uh, results of last week, let's throw this up, of course. Uh, if you're watching us on the YouTube tonight, uh, you'll see this on your screens now. Round 8 recap, there it is for you, some of the results from last week. Of course, it kicked off last Thursday night. The Broncos, another shock result over the Sharks, 16 points to 7. The Panthers, they struggled their way to a win against the Titans. Uh, South Sydney had it much easier against the 12-man Manly side, 40 points to 22. The Warriors snuck home over the Raiders, another come-from-behind win, or should I say another fade-out from the Canberra Raiders, 21 points to 20. Tommy, I want to get your thoughts on this one because I know you saw the back end of that game, and what did you make of the Raiders' finish to that game? Yeah, really disappointing. Um, we just don't seem to have any idea how to close out games, and that's been the case for for a long time now. And we have rookie uh, half in Brad Schneider, and he seems to be struggling with that task. So it is disappointing. Um, it was a pretty average game from all reports, too, I have to say. Um, after that, we saw the game we just mentioned, the Doggies beating the Roosters, 16 points to 12. It's great signs on the sideline there with Trent Barrett celebrating with the crowd sort of thing after the game. I thought that was great. I'd say the biggest upset of the weekend, or at least the most upsetting scoreline, yeah. 35 points to four, the Cowboys beat the Eels. You didn't see this one coming, did you? No, we didn't. In fact, we thought there'd be points. I think they said we'd go over the 40 and a half. We didn't quite get there at the 39. Um, but again, in saying that, I never thought the Cowboys would score 35 of them. And I guess on the back of the uh, the move from Dylan Brown from the six out to the center wing, uh, just not paying dividends, and that's changed this week. We'll get to Paris team lists uh, for round nine soon. Another big result for the Melbourne Storm, backing up their 70 points they scored against the Warriors with another 50 against the Knights. Uh, the Knights are in all sorts up there at Newcastle. And then again, a much tighter fixture to end the week and uh, probably a scrappy game of sorts and entertaining last 10 minutes. The Dragons just a little bit too good for uh, the West Tigers. Yeah, it seemed like a real war of attrition this game. You know, both sides were desperate not to lose and uh, the Dragons did enough to get the win and they go right into the cauldron this week to face Melbourne. Now, let's throw up uh, on your screens here now. Of course, I keep saying on your screens. If you are listening to us on your uh, podcast feeds, you can find us over at YouTube. Uh, just search Supercoach365. That's where you'll get us there. Uh, on your screens here now, you'll see our uh, personal scores from last week. Tommy, uh, you uh, went quite well. Uh, 1,228, and you just uh, found some green arrows. And uh, I'll let you do the honors with your own rank, mate, but just uh, soaring up inside the uh, top 1,000. Yeah, I didn't think it was the best week, but I was happy to wake up Monday morning and see that it was 5.75 overall. So that's really good. Probably the highest I've been that I can remember. So as I said earlier, though, it's coming into that tricky period where you've got to start planning for a few uh, problem rounds. So it's going to be hard trying to balance that and also get some good scores along the way. Yeah, we'll uh, do that juggling act this week. We'll do it for the next three or four weeks before Origin, uh, that buy affected round, round 13 as well. Myself, uh, 1,192 in round eight, a top uh, 8% score, and that's also bumped me up into top 8% overall. So it was a slow start to the year, uh, particularly for me, not so much for you. You've um, found your way into the top 1,000, and you'll be hoping to hang on to that in the coming weeks. That's the aim, but uh, yeah, it's going to be tricky. I think 
trying to plan for this buy as well as round 17, probably trying to work out your tactics if you want to target 13 or 17 or both. I don't know. That's going to make or break your season. Certainly the period that sorts out the uh, the good from the bad, doesn't it? Um, let's uh, get into this now, of course, our group ladder. Of course, uh, for those who are playing along at home, uh, the chance to win $500 courtesy of Top Tippers. Uh, there it is on your screens, results from last week. And uh, still it is. I think it's Troy Rooster's pack showing the way. A big score. I think he's up to second overall now, that read. So uh, Troy doing good things and uh, plenty of quality in this group along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Very high quality comp. Uh, Troy, like you said there, second overall. I think I'm only 56 overall and there's a thousand people in it. So with my overall rank, you'd expect me to be higher. So it shows that our um, our league is quite, uh, sorry, our group is very well-versed in Supercoach and our fans are obviously very educated. So well done to everybody. Yeah, never too late to join. Five, seven, six, eight, double, five, five hundred dollars of course. Courtesy of Top Tippers, we say it every week. Never too late. The only... Uh, thing you have to do to be eligible to win that prize of course is to follow us subscribe to us across the socials or on youtube as well tommy before we get into round number nine we do this we do it every week and it's um, a point which really we look forward to i know so much uh, rather the good rather than the bad and the ugly but we'll do it here now the good the bad and the ugly from round number eight i'll kick us off here with a bit of the good from last week and there wasn't really too much good it wasn't really too much bad a little bit uh, indifferent last week of course given those scores were much of a muchness across many of your leagues and such uh but the good for mine pappenhausen v cleary in terms of captaincy choices i got that one right again maybe a little bit lucky with pappenhausen just seemed to find some extra points uh sunday uh, late on sunday night and pushed him up over the hundred yeah, I agree with your overall sentiment. It was one of those weeks where there wasn't a big disparity in top to bottom from the scoring point of view. You know, there wasn't any massive scores. And there wasn't any people that went absolutely awful either. So, but yeah, I am surprised Pappenhausen did get 107. We might talk about that a bit more later. Uh, my good, probably Cody Walker, bringing him in, the timing mm-hmm. I did. I was very lucky with the send-off that Manly had that the Rabbitohs kind of were given that game, you'd have to say. But yeah, Walker ended up getting 99. So that was a uh, good timing for me. Let's talk a bit of the bad. Uh, for me personally, uh, Taylor May, Isaac Tungor, not the scores we were after against the Titans. We, I mean, we didn't expect a blowout like a 50-2 to two we saw with the Storm and the Knights. I would have thought Penrith would have scored more than uh, 18 points themselves. And on the back of that, these two youngsters, they just uh, didn't find their way into the game like they have in previous weeks. And now they've got high break-evens, a tough run, and... Uh, of course, Brian Toto is just lurking there in Jersey 24, so it doesn't get any easier for those two. Yeah, I have the similar problem as you. Um, I don't know how to play these two. Um, I feel like one of them may drop out, probably Taylor May, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. And unfortunately, we probably won't know till later this week with the way the team is uh, is named for Penrith. My bad would be Joey Manu. He's he's up and down like a yo-yo. You know, he gets mm-hmm. 100 run week. And then last week against the Dogs, I think he touched the ball five times. So... Uh, that's really not what you want from a player worth 635000 on Supercoach. He only got 27, so hopefully he can bounce back this week. We saw that in the start of the season, didn't we, with particularly Coney, uh, sorry, Katoni Staggs. Similar type of players, they have these big breakout games, but then they do have the 20s, the 30s as well to go with it. It is frustrating. Uh, but as we've seen with Katoni, it is well worth the hold. And I think in previous years, we've seen Joey Manu come into his own across the origin period, Roosters playing round 13 as well. So there are some good things to come from Joey, we're hoping. Uh, You are anyway as an owner. And my ugly for this week, 
has to be paying Haas in a week where there wasn't really too many bad things or you know bad implications that go beyond the round itself. Payne Haas is probably one of them. Uh, played injured. We thought he came into the game with an injury. Picked up, uh, well, I guess he redid the same shoulder complaint, didn't he? And then he went off early, uh, scored 45-something or, or close to that many points, and then now he's not playing this week. So it just compounded the injury, and uh, that's my ugly for this week. Yeah, disappointing for owners. Uh, hopefully it's only a week or two injury, but then you do have Origin looming, and he'll obviously be a part of that. Uh, mine, ugly, is similar. It's another injury. David Fafita, uh, he went off halfway through that game. He started from the bench as well, so it was never going to be pretty against the Panthers the other night. He only got 25 from memory, so he's out for a month, so he pretty much has to go now. And I know from speaking to you and some other owners and some other people playing Supercoach in group chats and such that there was that decision pre-game do we trade for feeder before he plays off the bench? Do we keep him? I'm not saying you got it wrong, but you certainly you know, went one way and now you have to trade him out this week. So a little bit more ugly as it was or what it would have been if you traded him out uh, before that. Of course, um, that wraps us up for the good, bad and ugly. Uh, before we get into our round nine, we'll plug it uh, one more time. Follow us on the socials, subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, Supercoast365. Uh, and on the podcast as well, if you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get yours, please give us a five-star review, a thumbs up, or whatever it may be. Um, and of course, YouTube, you'll find us on there, Supercoach365. Subscribe, thumbs up, uh, get back to us in the comments as well. We do love having a chat with all of our viewers. Tommy, let's talk some round nine footy. And uh, this one here, get us underway, Thursday night footy, the Adam Reynolds Cup. This time, the first time he gets to go up against his old mob. Of course, he was missing from the opening round. I think it was with COVID or a hamstring complaint in the end, calf tightness, old man's injury, whatever it was. Uh, but he's there this Thursday night, and uh, the Broncos coming off a big win over the Sharks, big in the sense that it was not really uh, predicted. They'll be looking to make it two in a row. They certainly will, and it'll be great to see Reynolds go up against his former club. How much the Rabbitohs would love to have a 10-year halfback at the moment like Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, they could have had him. It's surprising what they did, and they're kind of uh, eating their words at the moment. Uh, probably the biggest news here is Payne Haas, as we've already covered, and I think that really hurts their chances here. If he was playing, I'd almost think they could beat South, but without him and also Kurt Capewell, it does make it tough for them. It does. Some good news, though, for the Broncos. Paddy Carrigan's back. He's going to play in Jersey 10, which sees Hetherington still playing out of uh, the lock position. For Souths, in terms of their supercoach-relevant players... Probably the big name there is uh, Tass, who retains his spot in the jersey number three. So we're expecting him to line up on the left side. We saw this with Talakai, didn't we, last week, Tommy? A popular trade-in, Isaiah Tass will be, like Talakai in round eight, coming up against Katoni Staggs. Mm. Yes, a low break-even, but it's we're not expecting a big score like we saw from Tass against uh, Manly last week. No, probably not. Um, I didn't even know if he'd get picked really with Tane Mill returning, but he's, he's won the battle to the centres, we think. So he'll no doubt be very popular at the Brock bottom price. I think his break even's well into the negatives. So, you know, I couldn't begrudge anyone for picking him up. You'd almost have to in a way. Uh, I'd say a big takeout from this game and takeout from last week, as I said earlier, Cody Walker. He's hitting form. 99 last week. Souths have a great run, as we keep mentioning. It still continues throughout the buy rounds. And his break even is just minus eight this week. So certainly not too late to get involved with him, I don't think. Yep. Um, as you say there, there are some options there. Uh, Walker, Johnston, if you're playing that way, center wings, you may not be. Tass is probably the way you go. Blake Taff, Lachlan Ilias. He's, I mean, you're not trading Ilias in, but you might hold him this week 
um, given what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. His break-even is still hovering around the mid-30s. Uh, just on this game, of course, South Sydney's uh, firm favourites here in the market with topsport.com.au. $1.25 head-to-head. The Broncos, $4.10. I think there's a bit of value there with the Broncos uh, at uh, the head-to-head. The line, plus 12.5. It looks big, but when you take out those names up front, Haas and Capewell, you can sort of see why that line uh, is getting out to be on two tries. Yeah, when I first saw the market, I, I was with you. I thought Brisbane maybe at the plus, but then I remembered the Haas injury and I just think he he is so vital to their forward pack that it, it could be a bit of a, a bit of an out. Uh, just on Haas, uh, I think you are an owner. Mm-hmm. What is your thought process in terms of keeping or selling? Don't give away if you don't want what you're doing, but yep. just what's what's the logic there? Do you think? As we uh, always do, we'll just keep our trades up our sleeve until our trading places segment at the back end. But I said here in the run sheet, let's chat the pros and cons of both of those options. Obviously, the the pro in selling him is you free up six hundred plus, what is it, $630,000, close enough. Uh, you can easily go down to a Taumalolo. Uh, you know, I say sideways to a Twal because I think he's, there's a bit of cash there to make with Twal, but he's coming off the bench still when you take Kamanu back. We'll get to the Tigers soon. Um, Isaiah Papali'i, maybe you're, you're reaching up to Papali'i, doesn't play 13. That's a concern for the Eels. So there are both pros and cons, and uh, maybe I'll expand upon this a little bit more at the back end of the podcast uh, before we move on. As we always do, we'll talk some try scorers. Uh, I think you tipped in Katoni Katoni Stacks last week for a try up against Talakai. Uh, He had his number there. Who can you give us this week? And Alex Johnston, as he always is, the firm favourite, $1.68. Yeah, I probably think just with the Haas injury, it might be... Maybe South could run away with this, actually. They might have played themselves into a bit of form last week, being gifted that win. So, yeah, possibly Johnston or Will Tass will be left centre, so perhaps him as well, $2.50. Not a bad price. Yeah, um, I think we lacking the Broncos' middles, there could be something up the middle again. So Cam Murray, 440. Damian Cook, 440. Anytime try scorers. Probably a little bit of value there. Uh, if you can see them making some way against the, the tiring... Uh, Brisbane Pack, of course, how often do you see a Payne Haas just cleaning up the scraps and, and stopping a try or stopping a kick, whatever it may be? So they're going to miss him this week uh, on both sides of the footy. Anything else there um, that we should be looking at super coach wise I know that, I mean, Carrigan's back. He, he scored strongly at the start of the year. He's moved to lock here, so maybe not... Uh, sorry, moved from lock to prop, so his minutes are certainly a watch. But um, one to watch if Haas is out for an extended time, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I know you were a fan of him at the start of the year and you picked him up in our draft comp and I'm sure you'd be happy to see his name back on the team sheet. So yeah, in Haas's absence, I'm sure we'll be picking up some decent scores. Let's move on. Uh, Friday, an early game here, the Raiders and the Bulldogs. I don't know what to expect from this. I seem to say that every week about these two sides. The Raiders, much like the Warriors, much like the Roosters, you think they're just going to click into gear and find something. They're yet to find anything really. And the Bulldogs, I think they're one team that just plays with heart no matter if they're at the the depths of the ladder in 16th or they're fighting their way on the cusp of, you know, t- contending for a top eight spot. They're always going to play with energy and enthusiasm, the Bulldogs, and that could just get uh, them over the Raiders in this one, I think. Yep, they're always going to play with heart, like you say there, and I don't think there's a guarantee we always will at the moment, to be honest. Um, we really seem to just fall in and out of games every week, which is disappointing as a fan. But a few changes this week. CNK is back in the fullback role. I don't think he's been banging the door down to get back in the side, but I think Ricky's just out of answers, really. So he's back. Xavier Savage is out. Jared Croker is back, which is 
great, I guess, for Raiders fans, but hopefully he can be back to some fitness. But the big issue for us is uh, Jack White, and head and shoulders our best player. He's out for two weeks, so it makes it pretty tough. I almost think the Dogs can beat us here. Yeah, tight going uh, in the betting with topsport.com.au. $1.86, the Raiders, $1.95, the Bulldogs. The line just plus one to the Doggies, $1.90. So not getting much there. You mentioned uh, White and there. He really is the heart and soul, isn't he? And not only is the uh, the general in terms of getting them to a point on the field and setting up that left-side attack, he has been a, such a running and such a, a strong influence with the ball in hand himself. They're, they're going to miss that because... You know, going one way, it's going to be easy to read now with White and not there. Yeah, well, he was our only real source of points, and now we've got, you know, Schneider and Frawley in the halves. So, like, we'll struggle to score two tries, I think. Uh, one thing with Croker coming back, if you still own Schneider, I'd say he's going to lose the goal kicking now. Yeah. So, that is another reason, possibly, to get rid of him. Uh, on the dogs, Josh Jackson returns from COVID. He's been playing pretty well, and it pushes uh, Max King to the bench. Possibly time to get rid of people like Max King. Yeah, I, I mean, he's still doing a job. Like, if you're happy to cop a 45 and a small price rise, then maybe. But again, yeah, as you say there, I think the dogs play round 13. That's probably his saving grace at the moment for Max King. Yeah. Just on the doggies, we, we spoke of that good win last week. It's been such a long time between uh, wins back-to-back for the dogs. I, I, if I'm reading this right, which we don't always do, but I don't think they've won two games in a row since round 22 and 23 in 2019 by the time they kick off on Friday. That'll be 988 days. It doesn't like, it does surprise me, the number, but they've been terrible for a few seasons. But that, that is an amazing start. And they won't get many better chances, I wouldn't think, going to play a really weakened Canberra who are truly out of form. I think maybe the unders here is to go. We can't score points. The Dogs don't score many. 38 and a half, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to see it getting to that much. If Aaron Shop is on the right side, which I think he is, he'll be running at Croker, will he? No, he's left side, isn't he? He's defending Manu last week. I think week. he's left. All yeah. right, whoever the Bulldogs' right centre is, I'm liking them any time try scorer. I think it'll be Avarillo, will it, this week? Uh, $3.70. Anyway, take your pick probably because Tomoko, as good as he is with the ball, he's probably not the best defender either. $3.70 for Avarillo any time, $3.85 for Aaron Shop. So a bit of value there. That was the criticism of Croker, wasn't it? Why he found his way out of first grade. Just a little bit slow. His contact wasn't as good first up and just beaten too many times one-on-one. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind the shout by you at all. Uh, he is a decent attacking centre. And if he is running at Avarillo, he might have some joy there. But yeah, I wouldn't play tri-scorers personally this game. I just can't see many points. It'll be desperate, but I don't know how it's going to end up really. Expecting a tight one there, so maybe we are in this game as well. The Panthers and uh, the Eels. The Panthers just a little bit out of sorts last week, but the class prevailed. 18 points to four victors in the end. Didn't cover the line, so uh, one of our best bets uh, didn't uh, get up last week. But the Eels, they're starting to come into that tricky period now. Their draw gets a little bit more difficult in the next couple of weeks. So players like Brown and Moses, Gutherson even, who've had success at the start of the year. If you haven't moved them on already, maybe you're thinking of doing so now. Yeah, it was a pretty worrying performance the other night from the Eels. It might have just been one of those one of those games that got away from them in the in the Darwin heat, but still wasn't uh, great to see. The Panthers, uh, I know it's a cliche, but winning ugly shows that you're a good team. I think they just won ugly. You know, they weren't great, but they still won 13 plus yeah. away from home. 
eight in a row shooting for nine they're just unbelievable I think we said on our captain's call last Wednesday night, we looked through the numbers, went through Nathan Cleary's try-scoring history. I said, I think maybe twice in his career he went more than eight games without a try. Last week was the eighth game in that eight-game run, and sure enough, he scores a try. So if you found him, topsport.com.au, anytime try-scorer, I think he was about $2.80, $3 maybe. So a bit of a value there. Uh, just talking of try scorers, of course, the big news on this game, Taylor May and uh, Charlie Staines, of course, we've got in here in inverted commas, they retain their wing spots, waiting that news of uh, Brian Toto's fitness. Uh, speaking of incoming, or well, the reinforcements coming back for the Panthers, like they need any help, Moses Leota, again, one of their starting props, he looks to make his way back from an injury in this game as well. Yeah, some potential begins for the Western Sydney derby. Just on Brian Toto, firstly, do you think he's going to play and who does he come in for? I, I don't think Staines has been great this year. I, I don't think he's ever been great for Penrith, really. But, you know, he has held down that right wing for a long time. Taylor May has been good, but I'd have to say him and Tago have maybe regressed a little bit the past few weeks with some errors. So, I don't know. Which way do you think Ivan would go? Yeah, maybe not the worst time to give Taylor May a rest. Um, you know, you get to bring back a, an origin player. And Charlie Staines, he's played some big games as well. So... I mean, it is a luxury to have them both. Toto can play right side. We know that. He played there in a grand final against the Storm in 2020. They can move Crichton if need be. I don't think they will. Will Brian play? If I had to make a decision today, I'd probably say yes. We know he comes back from injury early. He'd be wanting to play this game. Um, who will make way? Who do I think? I think it's probably May. I know Staines has had one bad error that I can remember, that game against the Bulldogs at Combank. He dropped the ball line wide open. But other than that, really, hasn't set a foot wrong. And I think his involvements have even gone up in recent weeks. He's running the ball. He's getting through some of those hit-ups that he just didn't do in years gone by. So I think Staines has been put on notice by how good Taylor May was when he burst onto the scene and maybe lifted his own game. That can only be good things for Penrith. Yeah, and it will be probably the biggest decision of the weekend, won't it? If he does play and May's out, you know, May's break even's very high. He's 520K, so he'd be easy person to move on. But then he does play round 13. So mm. they're all things you have to weigh up. It is tricky. Um, who are you going with in this game? I, I, I think Penrith win, but I have to say the line, as I just loaded now, uh, 12 and a half. I think yeah. that's a little bit harsh. I think Parramatta will, will bounce back in this derby. It's massive, really. 12 and a half. It's going to be nighttime footy. Of course, this on Friday night. Um, Penrith, it's this time of year. Things start to get a little bit cold at the foot of the mountains way. The field will be slippery as well. And I think last year they went within a penalty goal of actually knocking the Panthers off or at least sending the game to Golden Point. Uh, actually, I think the game did go into Golden Point. Burton kicked a field goal. Moses missed a penalty goal. Um, to win it in in regulation, so we know they can get close to Eels. They want to be they want to bounce back, I should say, after that big loss. Dollar twenty three, the Panthers head to head. Parramatta four dollars twenty. You've already mentioned the line there. If I'm playing this game, I'm probably backing the Eels at the line, but not with a great deal of confidence. All the same. And then if we're doing that, you almost have to back the unders because Penrith don't let in points, really. They'll let in two tries max. Yeah. It's all going to be about if Parramatta can defend Penrith. And I think after letting in 35 last week, they'll be really focusing on the fence. And just remember back to that week two semifinal last year, I think it was 6-4, these two teams, in one of the great games of 2021. So hopefully we see something similar. Just to give you an indication, Taylor May, the last couple of weeks, topsport.com.au, he's been about $1.40 to score a try. 
this week just wound out a little bit. Still odds on a dollar eighty to find a to find a four pointer, but just shows you that we're expecting less points. So um, play with that one the way you will. Uh, news for Parramatta, of course, we've already said it, but Dylan Brown back to his regular five eighth role and Tommy Opacic back. Uh, in the center wing role so could be uh, a good thing there for Parramatta Reels getting back to some sense of normality and Sean Russell one to watch in jersey number 24 for uh, the Eels as well he had a great start to the year but been out injured ever since yeah good to see him back uh he was a popular cheapy early doors and maybe one for draft competitions in the next few weeks but uh yeah good to see Dylan Brown back in the six um really strange that he wasn't there the last couple of weeks and i guess as soon as they lost it was going to be the big talking point why are you picking your son at five eighths so anyway it's back to normal now thankfully said that with billy walters at the start of the year as well anyway all things come back around speaking of things coming back around how good it will be to see tommy turbo back out in force for the seagulls this week they start firm favorites here against the west tigers this one at the old brookie oval at dollar 18 the seagulls four dollars 90 outside as the west tigers they haven't been horrible the tigers in fact they were shooting for three in a row last week their attack was slightly below where it needed to be against the dragons and they're going to need it to be every bit where they need it to be i should say this week against the seagulls because this team looks like it's ready to to break free of the shackles 3 p.m saturday afternoon tommy turbo could put on a show Got every ingredient of a big score, doesn't it? Um, the sun shining down at Four Points Park on Saturday afternoon. It should be good. Uh, good for owners of Manly players, I would think. Tigers have a few out as well. Luciano Lua and David Nofaluma are both not playing here. Uh, so that's two of their better players out. Um, it looks an uphill task. And Tommy Trubovic returning, that doesn't just help him, obviously. It helps players like Christian Tuopalutu and Ruben Garrick, who will be on the end of some of his greatness question for you on notice and i don't know if you know the answer but will gary go back to that right wing i know we've seen him play there in season 2019 20 i think i'm pretty certain he played right side when tofua was still in the team uh toy Pilotto, of course has been playing left side that's really been garrick's spot when he's fit and healthy and when turbo's fit and healthy but that sort of will dictate i think the value of trading in these guys like toy Pilotto this week doesn't it because mainly are so left side favored uh, and Turbo particularly will be going down that side, you'd think. Yeah, I reckon they'll go Garrick left. I just think why would they change it from last year, how well it worked, and Tupelo two can play either side, really. So probably Garrick left. And, you know, his break-evens, I think it's 71, Ruben Garrick's break-even, mm. up around there. But other than that, you know, he's going to play around 13 and mainly have some decent fixtures the next two weeks. He's he's good. Uh, good shout to get in this week, maybe. Josh Schuster, a nice return last week. He came on, he had the, you know, as he does, the ball in one hand, the no-look passes and such. He looks bigger, I think, if that was even possible. He was already a big body on that left side, but seems to have put on a bigger size or a bit of size, um, and he will be a real force. We, get, we talk about them mainly going down that left side, and he's probably a big reason why they do, because they can play short to him or go out the back to Tom. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a great return last week. Uh, he looked good. With the ball in hand and, you know, a day game against the Tigers, it will suit his sort of play, I think. So, and he also, another one, obviously, playing for Manly, he'll play around 13. So, I think he'll be a popular trade in the next couple of weeks. Keep an eye on that one as well. We've got here in the notes as well, the Tigers, they had plenty of chances last week against the Dragons, just couldn't get over the top of the home side in the end. And, of course, as I've seen on the 
nine news tonight all eyes how could we forget this storyline hastings up against his old mob and particularly daily cherry evans the first time so maybe a bit of fireworks in this one from the two number sevens and brooks while he's moved to number six the past couple of weeks i thought he was probably the tigers best to side hastings last week so there are some brighter days ahead for the west tigers we've already mentioned uh, they are long outsiders this week but if we are playing try scorers tommy as we do uh, Tommy Turbo, $1.61 favourite here, topsport.com.au. If you're looking for a bit of value, maybe, Hamoli Olakawatu, $2.97. Probably not a bad shout, given his try-scoring form already this year. Yeah, he's actually been flying, hasn't he? I forgot about the Jackson Hastings little story here, so that'll actually make the game quite spicy. Who's left centre for Manly? Will it be Kula or Ben Trebojevic? Probably cool. From, no. Yeah, left side. Yeah, I feel like whoever's that position may get maybe a bit of value. They're both around $2.70, so possibly one of those two. All right, we'll look towards that. We're going to push on here, though. And, of course, uh, Saturday evening, afternoon, the Roosters, the Titans go at it. This one at Mackay, so somewhat a neutral venue, um, back up in Sam Walker territory almost. And he's going to need every bit to, to find something, Sammy Walker, because he burst onto the scene last year. Played some good footy, made plenty of cash on Supercoach, but now he's probably getting a bit of that second-year syndrome, and the Roosters are feeling that a hell of a lot. Yeah, I think even at the back end of last year, I think Robbo put him back to the bench a couple of times, and maybe he just knew he was uh, maybe burning out. And The other day, he only got nine points against the Bulldogs, which most people would have seen as a good fixture for him. So, yeah, he's definitely not in great form, and his goal-kicking is pretty ordinary too. I think that's one of their biggest problems, the Roosters. They, no one, none of them can kick goals. They scored three tries the other night. None of them converted. It's going to hurt them in uh, bigger games later in the year. I'll be honest. I didn't see all of that game, but I would have thought with Adam Kieran playing that he would have taken the tee. Did he have the kicking duties last week? Because generally, he doesn't miss them. So. Yeah, Walker missed the first two, I think, and then Kieran tried to kick the last one, but he also missed, so yeah, it right. wasn't great viewing if you're a Roosters fan. No, it's going to cost him a big game one day, isn't it? I know they didn't knock him out of the finals last year, but it very well could this year. Just They just can't turn four into six. Uh, some good news, though, for the Roosters. They need a bit of it. Tupo and Momorowski are back. Of course, Tupo uh, was suspended and Momorowski uh, illness last week, so uh, some troops coming back there. And the big news, obviously, for the Titans is Fafita's out for up to a month. Um, you've got here he's a sell given uh, you know straight trade well sorry i've got here in the notes let me take that back he is a sell you'd think given the fact he's out for a month and then the origin period but i'm going to ask a question if you're going straight so not playing dual positions you know not trading uh, tongue up and, and bringing in a ctw if you are selling for feeder straight for a second row option who is the next best at this point do you think Oh, there's two that were in my mind. I still haven't completely decided. One is Talakai. If you don't have him yet, I don't have him yet. A lot of people do, but, yeah. you know, Fafita is a one of those players with a high ceiling. If you wanted to replace him with a like-for-like, Talakai is probably the closest thing. But then if you want to look at the buy rounds, maybe Josh Schuster from the from the previous game, if he could uh, if he can go to the lengths that we expect he might be able to, he could be one, and you'd save some money doing that as well. Speaking of second-year syndrome with Sammy Walker, maybe the same for Toby Sexton. I know he didn't have the full season last year, but he's come in and struggled. And obviously they've moved Brimo back to one. Somehow Campbell can't get a run, and we sort of get that as well with Campbell, don't we? Like he came in, he just looks small still. Campbell still gets bullied in tackles, and it's just not what they need, uh, given the fact that their forwards even, origin forwards, they're not firing really, even besides maybe Tino Fa'asomaliali. Yeah, their whole team just isn't really firing. I don't think they were better against Penrith last week, but 
Yeah, David Feeder's a big out. As much as he's maligned, he's still a very important player to their side. So not having him hurts. And yeah, Sexton, even his goal kicking has gone backwards, like you say, and he's just he's struggling to get any points. You look at their reserves, you know, Jaden Campbell, Jermaine Asako, Philip Sami. There's a lot of NRL experience on that uh reserve grade uh, reserve list. So yep. it's pretty competitive for spots, but players like Greg Marzu, he he's probably the best player of the moment. He's been flying. I think I said to you the day they signed Azarko, I said I'd love to see him at six. It's almost getting to that point. Will Smith, he could do a job, yes. We know he's got that utility value, but I mean they're losing games anyway. Why not give Asako a run? I think he has the makings of what could be a good six. Um, besides that, Roosters a dollar thirty favourites. They're expected to win despite how bad they've been. Really, two shock losses, consecutive defeats. First to the Dragons on Anzac Day, and then to the Dogs last week, as we say. Titans three dollars fifty, maybe a bit of value there. The line nine and a half, a dollar ninety each of two there. So, how are we playing this one, Tommy? Keeping your money in your pocket for this game, I think it's. I look at the Roosters team and I just I get excited again, but I, I can't do it again. I can't put any more money on this team until they show something. So no, no bet for me. Maybe we should have learned that uh, very early against the Newcastle Knights in round one. If you are having a try scorer play though, uh, Tupo obviously the favourite. He always is, much like Alex Johnston. Wherever they're on that left side, they do start favourites invariably. Dollar eighty four for Tupo, Suwali, his uh, wing partner, a dollar ninety seven, and James Tedesco. You've said already, probably been their best player in the last couple of weeks. $2.20 any time for the Titans. Greg Marju, that man, $2.39. Um, Marju, I looked at his price today and his break-even. He could be a real pod player here. The Titans, they do play round 13 from memory. So he could be an option. We know he gets through his base work. If we are going maybe from a Taylor and May, Will Pinasini, some of these guys who are on the way out, Marju could be one. Uh, when he does find a try, he's invariably upwards of, of 80 points. When he doesn't, he still scores around 45, 50. Not bad for a center wing option. Yeah, I, I did look at him too. And like I watch him playing every week and I think, wow, he's so good to watch. But like when he doesn't score, it's not great. You know, he has four scores, sorry, five scores under 45. I know that's pretty much standard for a CTW, but mm. yeah, I'm not jumping to him, but I do agree he's worth uh, consideration. Yeah, maybe Marju, just one of those players that looks good, you know, passes the eye test, as we often say here, breaks tackles. But, yeah, okay, maybe I didn't realise how uh, dependent he is on a try. Tommy, we've already spoken of the odds and try scorers and such, but just give me a straight tip because, I mean, this game looks an easy one on paper, but maybe not so much given the uh, the Roosters' form the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you'd have to be with the Roosters, but, yeah, they've, they've burned you too many times so far this year, so just watch and hope, I think. All right, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. We're going to take a short break. On the other side, we'll wrap up the remaining three games of Round 9. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back. Supercoach 365 podcast proudly brought to you in season 2022 once again by topsport.com.au. You can get on 
Uh, check out all of the odds. Uh, you'll get us. Uh, you can sign up if you're not already a customer via the link in our Instagram bio. Click that. Tristan and the team will look after you. Uh, speaking of uh, top odds and, and, and odds coming in, what about this team? The North Queensland Cowboys started odds on or just about uh, favourites to win. Oh, I say win in inverted commas, the wooden spoon to start the year. I think they were about $3.50 favourites. Now they're just about be uh, a good thing to make the top eight, you'd think. Uh, they come up against the North, uh, rather the Newcastle Knights this week back at uh, their North Queensland uh, Stadium up in Townsville. Dollar fifteen favourites the Cowboys, the Knights uh, five dollar fifty outsiders. Yeah, not odds we thought we'd see for this game if we went back a few weeks, but you know they they've been playing well the Cowboys, but that win to beat Parramatta by thirty one points that's that's really a statement from them. They're going really good. Uh, Reuben Cotter named in the team this week he always comes on and starts anyway so it's not much of a difference uh last week 75 points in base stats alone which is just the hit ups and tackles which is just oh, i've never seen a number like that for base stats alone so he's absolutely flying and you'd think you have origin written all over him scotty Drinkwater, uh minus 20 break even here uh he's nearly 600k but he plays round 13 and with that low break even he might be worth some consideration yeah, we've had a couple of questions in, in the week building up to the podcast, and I'm sure there's plenty more uh, speaking of drink water because suddenly he's just shot into calculation, someone we didn't really consider even to start the year. But given the way he's playing, dual position, plays 13, as you say there, there's plenty to like about drinking. And important to remember, he was tipped as the man to replace Billy Slater, if not for a torn peck in a preseason in, I think it was 2019, he very well could be on a career trajectory like Ryan Pappenhausen. So he has the makings of a good footy player and all the pedigree of it as well. Yeah, and he's keeping an origin player out of fullback in, in the hammer. So obviously Peyton's like what he's seeing and yeah, he's going absolutely great guns. Uh, now, I know you're a huge Newcastle Knights fan and uh, you're, you're a fan of their work this year, but Tex Hoy and Phoenix Crossland in the halves that just screams danger and uh, to drop Jake Clifford's a little bit harsh. I know they've got plenty of injuries, so I can forgive them for that. And Gagai obviously doesn't help them. And Barnett, the send-off, Fitzgibbon's been injured. But this is what we spoke about. What I could see in the Knights squad back in January, they were very, very thin. They lost Braley in the preseason. They let Mitchell Pierce go. They don't have points. We said that. They don't have points. They've kicked two penalty goals the past two weeks. They just don't have anything, really. And, and I don't think Hoy and Crossland are the answer, personally. I know they've probably had good junior careers coming through the, the SG ball and the flag system up there, but a whole different ball game this, the NRL. So I think it just goes from bad to worse before it gets any better for the Newcastle Knights. And they're run up until round 13. I know they play some easier teams and, and maybe some fixtures they would have looked at in the preseason. I thought, hey, well, they're winnable. But now it's just they could be 2-10 and 10 heading into Origin. Yeah, and you, you look at this team and, like you say, that they haven't scored a try for two weeks. I think there was a few weeks prior they were held score since Cronulla. They're just not scoring points. Where their points come from this week, the Cowboys are a great defensive side this year, so they could easily be held almost scores again. And the line's 16. Like, that seems big for this fixture, but when you think about it, I don't see how the Knights really score more than one or two tries at most. Yeah, it's hard because the answer that anyone will say, well, it has to be Ponga. And, I mean, he's just not a million-dollar fullback for mine. Like, you, the money, the value you'd get out of... I mean, you're here now at Melbourne. They, they can't afford to pay Munster a million dollars. I mean, he's probably three times the player that Ponga will ever be. He's got the, the resume to prove it anyway. Um, 
just on the Knights, I, I can't bag them all out. I thought David Clemmer was a shining light in a bad team last week. Got through plenty of work, and he had to. At, uh, I think it was 13 minutes before they touched the ball. He probably made 15-plus tackles in that time. Um, he even put in a kick, which was comical, really, um, in the second half, and sort of summed up where the Knights were. They just Their spine was just so disconnected and, and looked uninterested, really, by the time they went that far behind. Yeah, definitely has unraveled pretty quickly, but Clemmer has been standing up, and you have to say the other prop there, Daniel Safedi, hasn't. So mm. maybe Clemmer's looking for a little origin rebirth, perhaps. Yeah, he's probably one of those ones in line. I think we had him in our extended squad last week, maybe coincidentally in jersey number 24, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we could happily go back and look at the tapes. Doesn't matter. But no, Clemmer, an origin player, he's been there a couple of times in New South Wales. I don't think he'd do a bad job uh, if Freddie called upon him this year. Try scorers, as we always do. What are you liking here? Uh, the favourite, Kyle Felt, coming off a hat-trick last week. Could figure in the money. Scotty Drinkwater, $2.10. Maybe slightly unders for mine. Valentine Holmes, $2.25. That's a bet for mine because while he's playing in the centres, maybe not his preferred position. He's just hands on the ball. He's involved. And I can see him going over for a try this weekend. Yeah, I'd be with you there. He's been playing really, really good footy. Probably hasn't been translating to Supercoach scores as much as I thought it would be, but he's going really well, and you'd have to think he's a decent chance to cross the strike. All right, let's leave that one there. Cowboys by plenty, both of our tips. Uh, that one there, and I'll just say the Knights into Wooden Spoon favourites. So if you got on early, topsport.com.au, or wherever you have a bet, responsibly, of course. We're going to have no Knights fans left on this podcast soon, mate. You're drawing them all away. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. Uh, anyway, let's move on. The Knights, uh, we'll leave them there. The Storm and the Dragons, speaking of big winners last week, over the Knights. Storm, 50 points. They might be eyeing off a similar scoreline here because they start five favourites. The Dragons, $10 outsiders, topsport.com.au. The line, 22.5. I think that's a similar figure to what went off against the Knights last week, and that wasn't even close. So I'd still confidently back the Storm at the minus here. Well, the good thing about Melbourne is they just they don't have an off week. They just put teams to the sword. They're absolute bullies. You know, if the team's bad, you'll know it. They'll put 70 points on them or 50 points on them. It's, it's quite amazing. Um, Xavier Coates, you said here, minus 69 break even. That's probably the lowest we've seen all year. He's just flying. Every time he gets the ball, he's pretty much scoring. Um, I can't get to him personally, but I can see why he's very attractive to get to and another great fixture this week for him sort of similar in in that mold to stags round three round four ish if you held him you just had to hold because you knew he had this in him if you got rid of him you probably couldn't blame you at the time but now you look back and you think why didn't i keep him because he's got this ceiling three tries i think he scored back-to-back hat-tricks or at least you could probably correct me if i'm wrong but he scored multiple tries in in past weeks he will play Origin, so that's something to consider. But, I mean, given his high ceiling, what we've seen, he could go three weeks in a row of scoring two-plus tries, I think, in this one. Yeah, the only other negative I would say for him, it may not be a negative, but after this week, they do have the Panthers, then the Cowboys, then Manly. So it's tricky three weeks there. So maybe he won't have as much joy as he had has had the past uh, the past three. But mm-hmm. still, look, he's, he's an ominous prospect if you don't have him. Uh, Jack Bird is named. Will he or won't he play? I think it's quite important because he he's a decent uh, component of their attack. 
Yeah, and he he shores up their defence as well. I mean, we know he's that bigger body sort of 5'8". He's played in the back row already this season. You could put him anywhere, really, Jack Birdie. Rugby league cliche, but he is just a footy player. doesn't matter what number's on his back. He probably plays the same, whether it's 8, 10, 1, or 24, um, Jack Bird. Uh, will he or won't he play? I don't know. I mean, he looked... I saw in the Dragons training photos last week, he didn't train... So maybe he's just given it a week's rest. We saw this with Brandon Smith to start the year, didn't we? Uh, what looked a six-weeks injury, he was back after one week off. So bird owners, both classic and draft, probably hoping that that's the case this week. Yeah, for sure. Pretty big watch this space. Uh, Melbourne, I dug out a little bit of a stat. It's not that hard to dig out, but the last five weeks, they're averaging 45.6 points a game. That's just unbelievable. They're putting bad teams away. Yep. And I've said for most of the year the Dragons are a bad team, but they're starting to prove me wrong. So can they get within the line here, which is 22 and a half? Maybe if you're not playing the line, which you probably should if, if you do like the uh, the Storm scoring 45 points. But if you want to play around that, first to score 40 points. So if you think they can keep that average above 40, $3 for Storm to score 40 points. Pappenhausen, he's, he's, he left his goal-kicking boots in, in Melbourne after that big win. I think he kicked probably five from eight. So that... 50 they scored last week, maybe even less than that. I don't know. doesn't matter. He missed plenty of goals anyway, is what I'm trying to say. That scoreline of 50 could have been upwards of that. Um, we've got here in the run sheet as well, Paps the Unicorn. How did he find 30-plus points in recounts last week? Because I think you and I both captained him after vicing Cleary. We, we thought Paps could go huge. Didn't look to be the case, and then we're pleasantly surprised Sunday uh, night, Monday morning, when Paps is over 100. Yeah, well, I didn't watch a lot of this game, so I can't really comment. But from what I was seeing and what people were saying, he wasn't doing a lot. Like, he was playing well, but he wasn't involved in a lot of their tries directly. He didn't score any. So to see, I think there was two updates on Sunday night to get him up to 107. I also captained him, so so I was happy as well. But it was a bit of a surprise. Um, any try scorers here? I guess Coates is the obvious. Dollar fifty-seven, though. It's pretty hard to bet there. Of the top 15 uh, try scorers in this market. 13 of them are Melbourne Storm. So it, it tells you how uh, how dominant the market's expecting this to be. But I think maybe the Dragons can at least keep it a little bit closer than what it has been recently. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably playing the value here from betting the try scorers. So you're probably looking at even Jerome Hughes or Harry Grant, upwards of $3. They seem to score more often than one in three. At least they had the past couple of weeks anyway. Um, and even I just think of the way Ben Hunt scored last week. Um that doesn't even make sense. Let's move on. Uh, but no, Storm by plenty, I think, in this one. I just think that they go on. You've said here 45 points per game they're scoring. Um, it's going to be hard for the Dragons to defend. As good as they have been, maybe they've surprised you and I. This is a different kettle of fish, the competition heavyweights. Yeah, it is. And you'd think they will just be focusing solely on their defense this week because the Storm's attack is just... Unbelievable! We saw how lethal it's been the past two weeks, and they'll have to be at their absolute best, Saints. Righto, let's move on. Last game of the round, this one, uh, Sunday afternoon footy. We mentioned uh, Ryan Pappenhausen at length there. He'll be a popular captain option, you'd think, and given the Sharks' fixture and the way that Nico Hines has played already to start this year, so too will the Sharks' halfback be. But they'll have to be improved here, the Sharks, won't they? Because what they dished up against the Broncos wasn't them. Uh, good news in terms of the team sheets, though. Dale Finucane, one of their inspirational leaders, he's back in jersey number 13. He's a big in for sure, and they've got a star-studded bench this week, really, when you have the names of 
Cam McInnes and Wade Graham both there, you know, that's starting in most other teams. So their side does look good on paper. And the Warriors, they're four and four, four wins, four losses after eight rounds. But I've never seen a team be play worse for four wins. I don't think they've played well once this year. Yep, and I think they've won a couple of those by one point, uh, a couple of golden point wins. So they, they're getting it done in the end, the back end of games, and John Johnson, no small part in that. But uh, like you say, there's some scrappy wins. They're going to have to be much improved if they're going to compete with the Sharks here. Uh, also, you mentioned uh, some big ins for the Sharks, but uh, DWZ's back for the Warriors. And also uh, for uh, their team, let's just looking at it here, Katoas set to start in the second row option as well so I think he was semi-relevant classic option to start the year you might have even owned him at one point but uh, for those still holding on a little bit of a boost yeah and I think this this game it just screams points uh, a bit like the Manly game on Saturday afternoon another Sunday afternoon game here the Sharks at home good weather expected players like Hines and Talakai I think they'll be licking their lips against a struggling Warriors um, I don't currently own either Talakai or Hines, so I might have to do something about that. Yeah, it's going to be a tough watch if you don't. Now, Devil's Advocate, as good as the Sharks have been, and what we've, you know, they're getting all the praises and such. Just want to ask the question. They were pretty poor last week away to Brisbane. Are the Sharks legit? Are they going to be a top eight? Are they a top four team currently in the top four? But I just want to go through some of their results again up until round eight. So round one, they lost to Canberra. Obviously, that doesn't uh, that form doesn't stack up too well. Round two, narrow win, last-minute win over the Eels. Round three, they pumped the Dragons. Again, a wet night down there in Wollongong. They had all the going. Of course, Jaden Suar sin-binned early in that one, and then all the points came. Round four, they beat the Knights 18-0. Okay, that's, that's probably a fair result. Round five, they pumped the Tigers. Again, the Tigers are down the bottom end of the ladder. Round six, they get beaten convincingly by the Storm. 16 points, so a loss in Melbourne. Round seven, they beat a, a battered a manly side without Tom Travojevic, only by 12. And then they lose to Brisbane. So yet to really claim a massive scalp. And the one time they did have to face up against a top 14, they lost. So are the Sharks legit? Is it time to just rein it in a little bit on Craig Fitzgibbon's team and Nico Hines and everything that comes with it? Maybe until they do beat a big gun, probably is uh, a bit early to start talking them up for top four. But in terms of super coach, I still think we have to treat them like one of the best teams because, like, the next three weeks Warriors, Raiders, Titans I don't know how they keep getting these easy games, the Sharks, but it's pretty attractive. So, yeah, I wouldn't change how you're playing a super coach, but maybe long term, perhaps, yeah. Yeah, have a look at their extended run and maybe, not that you're trading out the Sharks, but maybe just pick your moments if and when you are going to trade some of these guys in. I think Sione Katoa, maybe Britton Nakora, maybe even Wade Graham himself becomes relevant around $330,000 at a point. The Sharks expected to score points this week. Uh, the over-under, 42.5, so expecting uh, and the over is, in fact, the favoured way there. They are giving up 13.5 with topsport.com.au, and again, that is uh, the favoured way, $1.85 the minus, $1.95 the plus. You mentioned Talakai and Hines there, two popular players in the try-scorers markets. Talakai, $2.09 anytime try-scorer. Maybe a bit of value for Nico. We know he loves playing at home. $3.35 anytime try scorer. That's probably a bet for mine. Yeah, I like a lot of the Sharks players here. I think we saw how the Warriors capitulated a couple of weeks ago against Melbourne when the going got tough. And I think 
the game will be tough here on the Sunday afternoon at Shark Park. I think they'll win by plenty. Just before we move on, speaking of captaincy options, Nico Hines, and we'll do all this in our captain's call tomorrow night, Instagram, or Wednesday night if you're listening to this on Wednesday morning. At Supercoast365, we do it every week. It's one of the most popular posts we do. Nico Hines, I think he's been there probably seven weeks out of eight to this point. Maybe even eight out of eight. We'll have to check that. But playing at home, I have this feeling that he has gone 100-plus in three or four games or at least 90 upwards. So he does love playing at home. Expect that points and here goal kicking and if it's a sunny afternoon at Shark Park that place is going to be rocking so Nico Hines will be a popular pick this week absolutely and obviously you know the game prior Brian Pappenhausen he's been the superstar of the past couple of weeks along with Nathan Cleary but a home game against the Dragons similar to Hines it just bodes really well so your Sunday once again is going to be full of points Let's talk about the captains now before we move on to our team updates. We've already mentioned two popular picks there in, in Pappenhausen and Hines. The only thing to watch with those two is if you are vicing Pappenhausen, just be mindful of who you're actually going to captain. I don't know if there'd be many Sharks or Warriors players out there, particularly if Viliami Valea does play for the Warriors, which he is named to. Andrew Fafida may be one at the front row, or a Franklin Pele maybe if you're holding one of these cheapies not playing. Um, but there are not going to be many options, non-playing reserves that you can sub in at the last minute, last game of the round, the Sharks over the Warriors. So one thing to be mindful of. That being the case, Tommy, do we go the vice captaincy earlier in the week, Nathan Cleary in a difficult fixture against the Eels, perhaps? Yeah, I'm personally going to go with VC on Cleary. I think he's he's been too good. The other day, he didn't do a lot. I know he did score, but Penrith were pretty ordinary. He's still got 87 Back at home where they're invincible, uh, you'd have to think he'll probably go big again. It really doesn't matter who they play. Uh, any out-of-the-box ones this week from you? I'm just looking at fixtures here, and that's all you can do. I agree with you, probably the vice-captaincy on Cleary. I just think it gets too difficult uh, Sunday afternoon. You don't want to get caught trying to uh, get in one of these players, and if Andrew Fafita's an 18th man or players, then you're in all sorts. So Cleary, for mine, would have to be the vice-captain. Perhaps the obvious one. If you are playing away from the big two, which I suggest you don't, but playing fixtures, the Cowboys up against the Knights, Drinkwater or Holmes, maybe even Tom Dearden, thinking of round 13. So some of these guys might be trade-ins. They probably prefer Drinkwater and Holmes to Dearden, but the vice-captaincy option all the same. I think there probably is a little bit of value there in the Cowboys if you are trading them in this week. Yeah, I don't hate it, and it could be a great pod play if you know if- if Drinkwater turned up and you're you're happy to loop that or something, it would be excellent for you. Um, the only one I'd say other than that is James Tedesco again against the Titans. I, he's going really well. The Roosters aren't, but he's he's still playing great footy and he's probably good for another 100. So he's uh, maybe a pod player for a captaincy. We're going to put the Origin chat on hold this week, Tommy. We spoke a little bit of it last week and important that we did because plenty of the trades this week are going to fuel our decisions in the coming weeks, uh, isn't it? So uh, we're going to put the Origin chat on hold. We're going to pick it up in the next couple of weeks with round 13 in mind. Speaking of, let's do our trading places segment. We do it now, and you're going to kick us off this week, Tommy. Uh, Run us through your two trades this week. Yep, two trades at the moment. I stress at the moment because depending on what happens with Penrith, I might go and use my uh, second boost of the year. But for now, David Fafita is out, of course, with the injury. Uh, he's going to play Origin as well, so I probably won't get him back for a while if I do it all. Going to go to Talakai. Uh, I mentioned before, you know, Fafita's a high ceiling player. 
I want to try and replace him with the highest ceiling player if I can. And there's no one better at the moment than Talakai with the Sharks having three great fixtures coming up. So I want to go to him. And my other trade, I've stressed about this all week. I'm still not completely sold on it, but I think Will Penasini's time might be up. He's going okay, but he's only averaging, you know, 50. It's not setting the world on fire. He's not making that much money anymore. Eels have a tricky run the next month. So he's out. In comes Christian Tuopolotu, someone who I hadn't even heard of at the start of the year. Now he's in my classic team, but he's got a negative break even of 44 or something like that. And he'll probably be playing around 13, you'd have to think. So they're my trades for now, but uh, there could be more action if uh, Brian Toll is in and Taylor May is out. Okay, one to watch again, our final team list every week, 7 p.m. Thursday night on our Instagram, right across the socials as well, Supercoach365. We say it every week. Uh, Tommy, just on this, if I'm reading this right, you've, so you've, you've got 25 trades remaining, uh, over $170,000 in the bank, but importantly, correct me here, 20, uh, you've still got four trade boosts remaining. That's right. Yes. Uh, I'm just thinking how important it's going to be in a couple of key rounds before the buyers, maybe if I need some emergency players just to get in that week and I'm probably going to need three trades those weeks so I'm just trying to keep them there if I can but like I said I might end up using that boost later in the week we'll have to wait and see okay one to keep an eye on uh, there no I can't argue with the trades the only thing I will say there though um, and it was a question that we asked ourselves in the run sheet wasn't it what side does Tui Palotu play on because I think if his right side and we've seen it even with Jason Saab uh, a more established first grader he just doesn't get enough ball so um, that could be one to watch out for there at Manly. For me, of course, these trades on your screen, on your YouTube. Uh, Will Pinasini, I agree with you. I think his time's up. I think the Eels have a difficult run coming up. We said this with Mitchell Moses last week. Uh, I think they had the Cowboys last week, the Panthers this week. I, I can't remember top of my head, but I think the Storm may be on the horizon again soon. They don't play round 13, so a couple of things we need to consider there. Pinasini out for mine. Uh, trading him down here to Isaiah Tass, getting the number three shirt this week, important for mine. I think that he's done enough maybe to hold his spot. Tane Milne wasn't great when he was in the team even. Both have an error in their game. Both have penalties in their game, but maybe some upside there at the price with Tass, the cheapy price. Uh, and, then, and then speaking of uh, times up, uh, Taylor May. Look, even if he does play this week, uh, break even of, I think it's upwards of 70, they have a tough game this week against Power. I can't see many points. Then they have the Storm in Magic Ground. Again, I can't see many points. So soon enough and sure enough, all of the money he's made, it's going to be you know working against him here. Brian Toto on the horizon. I don't know. I just think there's too many negatives there hanging around Taylor May. Even the fact he plays round 13, I'd rather not uh, be involved in it at all. Uh, to Tui Pilotu as well. So similar trades there for mine. 25 trades remaining, only the three trade boosts for mine. But the remaining salary, importantly, $564,000. Uh, sorry, $564,000 and $400 to go with it. Just a little bit of uh, play money there on the side. So upwards of 500k in the bank. Look, it may, it may look silly, but I'm just building this bank because all of my eye, all of my focus is on round 17 onwards. Well, that money is going to come into play uh big time for you it's going to be a great asset to have and i'm quite envious of the amount you have sitting there and look i do agree with taylor may and like i said i still might get rid of him before uh friday's game but it's just the round 13 the lure of that game against the bulldogs i feel like no matter what he will play that round because uh the panthers will have players in origin so 
Yeah, that's the only thing making me keep him for now, but I agree. He probably is a sell other than that. Panthers, as good as they have been, we've said, I think they've won eight in a row. They're undefeated. When was the last time they had a loss? Because they won through the final. Actually, they lost to Souths first week of the finals last year. I think that's their last loss. Uh, they've got the Eels this week, as we know. The Storm in Magic Ground, as we know. Round 11, then they have the Roosters at the Cricket Ground. Again, the Roosters... Maybe not the Roosters of old, but still, they're away to the uh, one of the, the top four contenders on paper, at least. Then they go to back home to play the Cowboys, a good defensive outfit. And then it's round 13. So, Taylor May. I agree. Could have lost it yeah. all. Fixture-proof. From a fixtures point of view, sorry, I 100% agree. Like, he's not going big, and his break-even's already 70s. He might not even be in the team for these weeks also. Yeah. But the only thing is, like, I'm just scared to trade out someone that's you know is going to be there for round 13 because that's I'm trying to build my team for round 13 and I'm almost detracting from him so it's it's tough I've been stressing about it all week and I'm still none the wiser as to what to do to be honest yeah uh, before we wrap this up let's uh, get to some of our listeners questions um, because there are plenty of them and of course we do love it every week you can get this on our Instagram we're a little bit late today putting this up um, but it hasn't stopped geez look at the inbox here Tommy it's just flooded today uh, we'll start at the bottom uh, Adam Blundell, one of the favourites. Uh, great to have you on board, Adam. He loves the show. He says, is it Tom Travojevic time? Uh, maybe not quite yet. He's getting close. And that's sort of where my head's at with that $564,000. Come round 16, 17, 18, you're going to be wanting these big names. So you're going to have some bank and you're going to need that cash to get to Tommy. But is it time just yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the break even still pretty high and... He's only first game back from an injury, so not yet, but I agree with you, you know, come uh, round 18 after Origin, you'd be looking straight at him. Uh, next question here, and agree, sorry, just going back to Tommy, break even 163 this week against the Tigers. This time last year, he probably eats that up, but we have some question marks on the way that they play this year and the, and the scoring and such. Uh, so no, not yet on Tommy. Tommy C, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, asks us... Uh, Probably a popular question, but is Payne Haas a sell? You sold him a couple of weeks ago, Tommy, and I think I've answered the question there in trading places. No, I'm not selling Payne Haas this week because I'm happy to give him one week, maybe two. Max King, Josh King, I'm happy to just cop their 45s, 50s, and I'll wear that on the chin if it means I can keep Payne Haas. Were you looking to get rid of him before Origin, though? Uh, maybe. Maybe closer, but not this week. I'm just happy to hold on because, I mean, they play... Uh, 10, 11, 12. So we've still got three games, all things going to plan. Payne Haas back as soon as next week, hopefully. So I'm not in a, in a rush to sell Payne Haas. Oh, fair call. Uh, next one here. I'll take the reins for a second, mate. Do you think it is a good time to buy Teddy R. Smith's king? Uh, I've already got Teddy. I know you don't, bud. What are you thinking mm. here? Now, I looked at him, and if I could have went maybe uh, Steph Crichton, straight i may have done that or even taylor may with a bit of coin in the bank down to teddy um but i couldn't do that so for mine no and i guess given i've already been burned a couple of times by the roosters this year i don't want to go back to the wells so happy to watch on with teddy my uh i guess three of the four halfback fullback slots are filled with guns so happy to leave teddy to the side yeah i'll let you take back over the hosting mate that was my one one attempt for the night one and done. Alex Brigo again, uh, loves the show. Alex, great to have you listening, and hopefully we can give you some uh, advice here. Drink water as a pod, 
what I sort of touched on that. Yes, I know drink water as a pod given their run, price, break even, all things considered. I like it, but it's just that he's fullback and five eight. So most people have guns in that spot. You're gonna to have to get rid of someone really good to get him in. So I don't know. It's tricky. Yeah, and if I am trading one of those guys out, which I probably wouldn't, um, it could be Ilias to drink water at five eighth, maybe, but otherwise no. I'm I'm not selling a gun to get him drinky. As good as he has been, job security is still a question as well. Uh, Alex also asks, is Adam Elliott a trap? Tommy, I haven't seen a lot of Adam Elliott or the Raiders really in the past couple of weeks. What are you What are you doing with the Raiders and what are you doing with Adam Elliott? Well, he was a complete nobody on Supercage until last week, but then he started uh, at Hooker and his name there again. He got 104 last week. I think he was the second highest scorer of the weekend, which wow. would have been a million to one for that to happen. Okay. But uh, I don't think – I think he's a tra- – I wouldn't go to him. I, you don't know what Ricky Stewart's going to do one week to the next, so I don't think his job security is great. Yeah, and the whole benching and starting and starling, it just doesn't fill me with much confidence. So we're saying yes to a trap there. Liam Champney, May and Tago, are they keepers? I think you may have kept Tago last week, traded him. I don't know. You've sold him. I've got both still, but, like, they're both – on the chopping block. Uh, Tago's been going poorly, but they both play around 13, so that's... Do you keep him? I don't know. Friend of the show, Blake's Brushworks, he pointed this out. Go and watch the team song, the Panthers against the Titans last week. Taylor and May, Isaac Tungor, front and centre in that, in the camera. They didn't want a bar of it. Their heads were already back on the, the Jetstar plane home to... Um, Kingsford Smith. They they weren't there. They didn't, had no part in that team song. Go watch it. It's interesting viewing. Um, are they keepers? No. Tago maybe dual position, but Taylor May, I'm happy to say goodbye this week. Liam Champney again. Guacamole selected for origin, of course, meaning uh, Hamoli Olakawatu. Is he eligible? I don't know. Maybe for the Blues. I'm not sure, but they've got a lot of second rowers in New South Wales. But having said that, Tarek Sims did play last year, and you'd probably rather have Olakawatu, so maybe. Maybe, but, I mean, between Liam Martin, Cameron Murray, Tyson Frizzell. Crichton. Crichton. There's probably yeah, a couple yeah. in front of uh, Gwaka, but um, no, happy uh, happy to see his name in the conversation because um, he's playing some good footy. Uh, Bosco Harris, should I get rid of Moses for Hughes due to Moses only getting eight? Oh, I got rid of Moses last week. I knew his time was up. Would you go to Hughes? They don't play 13, but a Kiwi, so he will be there 17, importantly, and probably someone you could keep beyond that for the rest of the year. Yeah, he could be a keeper, and he's scoring, despite Melbourne going massive, his scoring has been just okay. There's been a few scores there below 50, but, yeah, I probably agree with you about Moses. You you pulled the right rein there, get, getting rid of him last week, and they also have a tough run. So, yeah, maybe look to get rid of uh, Mitch. Uh, one more here. Actually, we'll do a couple more. Tate Johnston, still on Isaac Tungle. Is he at his peak? A low base scores the last few weeks. Um, I think I'd prefer Johnston to, uh, sorry, Tago Tango to May, obviously, uh, given his dual position, his base is high, even though May's base is high, but job security for, for Isaac Tango looks locked on, and playing inside, to- or if it is down that left side as it was in round one, it didn't really take away from Isaac Tango's base, he was pretty good round one against Manly, I feel. Yeah, he got 71 that night, but the last... What is it? Four weeks. His highest score is just fifty-three. So, look, I don't know what's going on with him. I, his scoring has dissipated a fair bit. So, mm-hmm. the round thirteen, as I keep saying, he's going to be there. So, 
that is a big uh, big reason to keep him. Carts three one eight five DCE as an option. I have Cleary and I have Hines at fullback. So DCE, I know it's getting close to Origin time, but playing good footy now. Turbo's back, certainly going to help his cause. Um, would you look at DCE or not, given that uh, the Origin period's just around the corner? Yeah, it's a left field one. Uh, scoring very consistently. Every score, just looking at it now, every score this year is between 60 and 80. So he doesn't go badly ever, but he hasn't gone massive. But like you say, uh, Turbo back, and they've got the Tigers and the Broncos next two weeks. So there's some good signs there for him. I think we brought up a stat in the preseason, didn't we, about how his average without Turbo was about, I want to say, about 49. And with it, it was closer to 90. So if he's scoring 80 without Turbo... Maybe he does become an option in the next couple of weeks, DCE. Uh, two more here. Not underscore Howie asks, who is the better buy, Lolo, Tamalolo, or Cameron Murray? I already have IPAP, Talakai, and Hass. So all of that considered, Jason Tamalolo or Cam Murray? Uh, Tamalolo, just because he definitely plays around 13. Righto, this last one, not so much a question as it is a bold prediction. Mikey underscore NASA underscore Chur. Ronaldo for 130. Of course, the Sharks Sunday afternoon footy against the Warriors. Last time they played this similar sort of fixture was against the West Tigers. Sunday afternoon footy, Ronaldo could have easily had two or three tries. Ronaldo, Talakai, Hines, they could all go massive on Sunday. I have to agree with him. Rightio, he's hoping for that, especially if you are captaining Nico Hines. Again, we'll settle our captains later in the week. You can find that on our Instagram, at supercoach365. That's where you'll find us today, tomorrow, 365 days a year. Tommy Hudson, thanks for your time. Round nine, we're looking forward to it, and plenty of good footy. The big names, they're coming back. Absolutely, big week coming up, and a lot of planning ahead of the buyers and origin, so great time of the year. As we say, stay tuned to our socials because that's where you'll get our uh, final teams, our best captain's calls. Of course, all of that many late-breaking team news in the countdown to kickoff Thursday night footy, the Rabbitohs and the Broncos. We can't wait. First game of eight this weekend. We look forward to them all. Ryan and Tommy, Supergo 365. Enjoy your round nine footy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.